0: check again i think because things are a little bit different we're on holidays so earliest back in time jason where where are you what time is it
1: uh i am still in the same place but instead of 5 a.m it's 9 p.m which is very weird i've i've made changes i'm using do not disturb on all my devices because it's 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 the normal awake hour um i've swapped coffee for wine obviously. Um, Other than that, pretty much exactly the same. In this time of year, it's very dark here all the time. So it really doesn't matter that it's 9pm or 5am because it would still be dark. So everything else is pretty much exactly the same. What sort of wine are we talking about here? I think it's like a rosé from Washington State, I believe. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that.
0: So as we'd say in Australia, it's it's not a cardiné or a Riesling.
2: <laughs> <Mm-mm. laughs> We're going through a rosé fad at the moment in our family as well. It seems to be a lot the the drink of choice at the moment in the uh, Canyon household.
1: That's because it's two hundred degrees Celsius where you live.
2: Yeah, it is pretty warm. Not as hot as it was the other day though. So yeah, my time check. It's um. Well, you're you're still in yesterday. I'm in today because it's Monday, one p.m. twenty eighth of December.
1: Wait, so you're are you both in the future now? Because generally, Martin's in the future. And we're still stuck in the past. Yep. But now you're both in the future and I'm in the past.
0: We share the same future, albeit three hours apart.
1: That's right. So technically your week has started. (laughs) Yes, because it
2: starts on a Monday.
1: Mine is ending.
2: All agreed. (laughs) Yeah, so the biggest risk we've got me recording at 1pm in the afternoon instead of 9pm or whatever it usually turns out to be is there is a risk of child interference. So we may hear kids in the background, noises, screaming. You know, two, two boys that could well beat each other up. Just It's just a normal day in the,
0: in the house. I'm in uh, the future as well, Shared Future with Andrew. It's 4 p.m., which is very strange because normally uh, I'm trying to will myself to stay awake and then suddenly I get hit with the happy podcast hormones and I can't shut up. So this is great. And as a result of it being this time of day, it's also affected my beverage choices. So like you, Jason, like last time, got multi-beverage. This time I've got a homemade piccolo, which you can see there with uh, some fine Nespresso compatible biodegradable Australian pods and Arnott's Milk Arrow Root Biscuit. I'm still seven years old, so I have cordial, but this time orange and mango flavoured. <laughs> You'll notice I've colour coordinated the cup again. That's it. And of course the fizzy water staples. So I'm all ready to go and I've, you know, tried to adjust to the 4pm time slot. So
1: So a lot of, a lot of times when you buy kids stuff like food or drinks or whatever, as we're talking about with this, this beverage, um, you get, you know, little surprises with it. Does this like a matching cup set that comes with each of the flavors of the beverage, or do you just happen to have every matching colored cup needed to match the beverage?
0: In this case, I've just willfully chosen to match the color of the cup with the beverage. However, you are right, there are numerous promotions flying around. You know, you even see those things like McDonald's with those Coca-Cola cups and stuff. I'm sure Cottie's has done a similar thing, but no, this is my fault this time.
1: I am dying to know what that tastes like, though. It just it looks so it looks like the most fake possible colored beverage there could be. So I'm so intrigued if it if if it tastes anything like what I'm imagining. Like it just seems like it tastes like sugar water, but worse
0: look i can discern the individual flavors of orange and mango i know some people are very upset by by the idea of merging mango with other flavors i'm a real mango fan so i say by itself mix it i I love it andrew doesn't look impressed
1: i'm perfectly okay with the mixing of that
2: (laughs) i don't drink orange and mango drinks i will drink if i'm going to drink cordial which is pretty rare these days but it will be green or it will be red and that's all i call them i don't call them lime or Whatever the red is called It's just green cordial, red cordial That's all you need to know about it And um, the other, I just want to point out The other good thing about this time slot Is none of us are wearing pyjamas No We're all dressed in normal regular clothes
0: So really rounding off 2020 One could say that this has started as the classiest episode ever We've got rosé, we've got piccolo We've got adult daytime clothes It's this is like uh, a
1: business meeting <laughs> This is tax wow. deductible now <laughs>
0: Do we have our agenda? What's item 1C on the agenda?
1: I think if we all sign it, that means it's official. That makes it like a company thing. So that's great. I think so.
0: Well, I mean, I was talking about coffee and and I can see something about coffee that Jason's added. What's that all about?
1: I added something about coffee. Coffee. What did I add about coffee? Oh. Oh. You can now buy us a coffee. I mean, you could before... But it was weird because it was coffee, K-O-F-I. So it was kind of a co fi or a ka-fi. We're not really sure what that was. Now it's just buy me a coffee. And you can do that through any of your podcast players, through any of the websites associated with us. And just to get the ball rolling, we may have already gotten a donation recently from a certain individual that some of us know really well. Yeah, we always, we
2: appreciate the generosity of friends and family. And my mom... My mum, Jennifer, really stepped up and she bought us not one, not two, not three. She bought us six coffees. That's two coffees each. What a legend. And and it wasn't until after she bought the coffees that she realized it wasn't even in Australian currency. She was paying US dollars for the <laughs> coffee. <laughs> she was like, hang on, these coffees are expensive. <laughs> so, so thanks, mum. That's very generous of you. We will be shipping Hot flat whites around between Australia and the United States.
1: That conversion's going to buy a lot of coffee. I think she bought you actually a coffee factory. (laughs) It sounds like it. Six coffees.
0: So where do people go if they want to buy us even more coffees than Jennifer?
1: Oh, now it's a challenge. That's a good point. Really, if you care, you're going to go and get seven. And then somebody's probably already done that by now. So now you really should probably do eight, maybe nine, ten. It's an empty text field. You can put in as many as you want. Or you can just put one. But if you go to hemisphericviews.com, that's a good place to start. That'll get you everywhere else that we exist.
2: There's a lovely color-coordinated logo as well. The hemispheric views blue and yellow showing up in the buy me a coffee clickable button. Um, Look, points for design effort there. I think we've got Jason to thank for that.
1: I would click it just because of that, if nothing else. But continue through, obviously, because... You know.
2: Yeah, don't leave, don't leave coffees sitting in your cart Because they'll go cold and yucky you got to follow through and buy them
0: no. Yeah, milk, milk is perishable We don't want that And look, I just want to say as well Early on in the episode If people aren't inclined to buy us a coffee That's totally understandable We don't expect remuneration But I think a big thank you goes out to everyone Who's been listening to us in 2020 Because this episode does round out the year So if you don't want to buy us a coffee You know maybe leave a rating or a review on apple podcasts or any player join our public discord follow us at hemispheric v you know get involved send us questions or comments tell other people if you like the podcast because you know we're doing this out of pure enjoyment and the love of our hearts aren't we so
2: i think that's the thing i think if everybody can if everybody can tell two other people about this podcast and then we can get some we get some real killer growth going because once somebody listens they're not going <laughs> to not listen again because it's that good right so you get a listener one one episode and they're in they're locked in so tell two people
0: you had the cfo it's killer growth that we're after but you know really it's just our
1: gratitude hockey stick growth that's what we want (laughs) i've got it on
2: the slide i can bring up the powerpoint if you like
1: and and please go on itunes and give us no less than 4.7 stars please very specific i'm happy with that
2: but you may not see that rating because each store has its own individual ratings
0: and reviews (laughs) Okay, but yes, thank you to all listeners again for joining us in 2020. It's been good to have you along. So, next in the list, uh, I see Media Corner. Are we going for an early Media Corner today? I think we could. Yeah, why not?
1: Have we got our theme song? Uh, I think I hear it playing right now, actually. Yep, I hear it. <laughs> media Corner. <laughs> it sounds really good to me, by the way.
2: And that's the end. Yep, there it goes. Beautiful.
1: All right, Andrew, you're up.
2: Thanks. Welcome to Media <laughs> Corner this week. Well, if I'm up, that's a bit of a worry because my Media Corner is a bit light on this week. So light on that the best I can reflect on is a movie I watched last night, which was absolutely
1: rubbish. I'm, I'm, I'm anxiously awaiting.
2: Oh, man. This is, yeah, it's been, been a quiet week for media. Um, the Midnight Sky, directed and starring George Clooney. In what appears to be a bit of a... Um, Ego fest, in a way. George Clooney seems to get a lot of screen time. He's sort of the the wise old man, rocking a David Letterman quality beard. I even noticed his eyebrows, eyebrow hair had gone crazy. So look, even George Clooney, you know, the sexiest man alive or whatever, starts to get those old man issues of eyebrow hair. Made me feel a bit better. The movie itself, um, it's basically the Earth has met a cataclysmic demise uh, we don't know why, but basically, all life, life on Earth is perishing. So now. And there's some. Yeah. And there's a spaceship that has returning from a, another. Pla- uh, a moon, basically, a moon of Jupiter, I would su- sort of think. It would, and that's like a, a habitable planet. And they're returning to spread the good news. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're a bit late. Hijinks occur as they travel back from this planet back to Earth. Of course, there's drama as the spaceship encounters meteor showers and things like that that almost destroy it. And George Clooney's the only man left back on Earth to tell them, stop, turn around, it's not worth coming back. Oh, this movie, it just went on and on and on. My little short synopsis there, that's basically it. It took the movie two hours, a full two hours to get that point across. Overall, like, I'm saying Midnight Sky. I give it two stars out of five. If I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it on letterboxed.
1: And five stars would be this podcast, correct?
2: Yeah. So Hemisphere reviews five stars. The Midnight Sky, two stars. Not a good movie.
1: What got it the second star? Because right now I'm, I'm at like, I already turned it off. I'm not even watching it at this point. But. Why two stars?
2: Well, it's, that's a good point. And maybe it only deserves one, but I just feel like one are for the absolute turkey. So I don't want to go too hard. I started watching, I was watching it on Netflix. It was late at night last night. I should have been going to bed, but I didn't. I started off for the first half hour of it watching it full screen on my iMac. And by 45 minutes in, I had gone into windowed mode and was having it on in the background as I sort of mucked around on other things. That's how engaging it was
1: questions i've i have questions um hold yeah okay first of all i have a um, question too <laughs> wow where do i even begin okay so you're watching this movie on your imac I, uh why yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> that's i screwed then... up my face too yeah <laughs> And then I guess, secondly, is this a, well, you said it was on Netflix. Is it a Netflix original? Is that what's going on here? Or is this like a real movie?
2: Uh, yeah. Apparently it was, apparently, I think it went into very short theatrical release, very limited style.
1: Oh, uh, was this a COVID movie thing where it was supposed to come out and then it got bought or something?
2: I think that might be what has happened here. I mean, I haven't done the Wikipedia research on it, but it, struck me as that kind of thing got it um that you know it was like all right netflix needed some content
0: i have a question um right so i'm assuming here because you're a white male on a podcast with two other white males that you were somewhat motivated to watch it because it was a science fiction movie yep however did george clooney play any part in this did you see george clooney with the david letterman slash gandalf beard and think oh he's sexy and from the future now, like what, did George Clooney play any role in this? What, what's that about?
2: No, well, George Clooney was theoretically the scientist. Um, um, I don't think I'm spoiling it here, but in, in one of the more profound moments, he talks about the fact that he just points the way. He doesn't go. So he's modest. He's the groundbound scientist manager. Yeah. So no, he, the, he doesn't really do any um, science. I think the closest thing you get to him is he, himself administering dialysis. Um, because he's, on, he's sort of on the way out. So he, that was as close to science. There's more human biology than space science. He left that to the younger characters on the spaceship to be doing the, the heavy lifting.
0: Just to gauge your admiration for George Clooney, in the movie Batman and Robin, do you think he was a good Batman?
1: The answer is no, in
2: case you were <laughs> um, questioning. To the point that I have not even watched that movie, I would
0: say no. Oh, goodness. I don't know if I'm impressed or shocked that you haven't seen that movie. That's another media corner in itself. So you've never seen The Delights of Mr. Freeze? Don't think so. That, it doesn't. I don't remember ever watching that, no. Okay, I'm not going to derail this conversation. Please continue with your media
1: corner. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like George Clooney's tequila? Tequila? With some other guy that I don't know. Yeah, they like Does ride he? motorcycles and and there's tequila. Not really sure. That's what the billboard is. When he's not
0: flirting over Nespresso, espresso, yeah.
1: All oh, right,
2: I've got a, I've got a George Clooney like factoid claim to fame, one degree of separation.
1: Wow, you know him personally? That's amazing.
2: I knew it. Yeah. Is he a listener? No, not at all. But um, I was, I was once holidaying in Italy, and
1: wait, 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 hold on, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I knew there was a George Clooney angle here. I knew it. Something about George Clooney, personal fun fact, and then it starts with. Well I was vacationing in Italy and <laughs> our yacht just happened to bump into George Clooney's yacht and we had a laugh.
2: Well, well it's a bit like that because it was it was just it was just on the shores of Laga de Como. <laughs> anyway, so family friends. So some so we have family and then this person, distant relative of the family, is somewhat of a famous musician composer pianist and we went to her house for lunch and she had this studio that had like about five pianos in it with lovely windows literally like overlooking lake como it's like whoa this is like why don't we know this family member better i've never met them again since so it was a lovely lunch done once but apparently george clooney is just like the next house down
1: isn't that how it always goes just down the road
2: Yeah, and so they mentioned something about George Clooney and and I was like, ah, George Clooney, yes. And so forevermore now, I am maybe a degree, maybe two degrees of separation from George Clooney.
1: He's a close personal friend. Two stars.
2: One star for the movie. One
0: star because he's my mate.
1: Okay. Good save. Good save. Beautiful. Okay. You're definitely getting into Italy next year.
0: I'm glad we clarified that. We almost lost listener George Clooney from Hemispheric Views.
1: Oh, thanks for hanging out, George. Appreciate it.
0: We love you, mate.
1: We like... We like those Oceans movies, I think.
2: That they're better. In fact, don't watch The Midnight Sky. Watch watch an Oceans movie. I think that's my media corner. Done.
0: Go, Jason.
1: My media corner this week is going to be a YouTube channel. And the person's name is Jordan Harrod, I believe. H-A-R-R-O-D. She has a YouTube channel where she talks about ways in which we interact with artificial intelligence, different algorithms and how technology is kind of making our lives better or maybe worse. But she does it in a way that it's not generally when you're looking at stuff that has to do with like AI and all that stuff online it's it's real annoying and lame and it's usually like some tech bro telling you about how like bitcoin is going to like, you know, change your biohacking or something stupid. But she just like tells you what these things are what they actually mean and kind of if they're or not but she just does it in a way that you're just she's talking to you and you actually can understand it definitely obviously have the link in the show notes but i would i would subscribe to her youtube channel and check out a lot of her back content too if you're at all interested in the way ai is affecting our technologies moving forward and how, how algorithms are actually doing what they do. You know, we talk about that a lot with social networking and all that kind of stuff. But what does that actually mean? And when different companies have these, quote, breakthroughs and then get $40 bajillion on a promise, what are they actually doing? And, and is it actually a promising technology or just kind of more snake oil to, to fuel Silicon Valley? So I would definitely check out her channel if any of that is interesting to you.
0: That does genuinely sound interesting. And I'd, I'd be uh, keen to have a look at it because I don't know about you two, but I have had to go to some business network things in the past where there was some panel about the future of hashtag AI, hashtag machine learning and every hashtag you can get to attract the bots on Twitter to retweet you. Uh, and it always seemed like there was some manager type sitting there just talking about the benefits, but uh, really broad terms can't tell you. So if she goes specifically into things, that would be very interesting. My Media Corner recommendation is, I think, one of the most excellent recent examples of Australian cinema. For those of you who know anything about Australian cinema, you're probably laughing thinking, what's that? Does it exist? I can reassure you that it does. The cinemas are open and Australian movies are being made and people like me are actually going to watch them. So I don't know if that means much because I am a nerd who likes the cinema, but Anyway, I'm going to proceed. It's a great movie that was.
2: Hang on, can you ju- can you just stop there? You need to. It's not the cinema, of course. It's the theatre.
0: Oh, the theatre. That's right. Or the theatres, however you want to pronounce it. I don't know. The place where you go and sit and pay more than you should for food that probably isn't great. Anyway, the one we saw it at is nice. So we went to see a movie that was made and released this year called The Furnace. Uh, actually, in Western Australia, might I add, Andrew hey. from your corner of the world fantastic and
2: it was a furnace here the other day
0: yeah it was there you go it's 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 recent and it's accurate uh i really really recommend this movie particularly if you're australian but even if you're not australian even if you're american because the great thing about this was that it was set in 1897 and i'm not going to spoil anything but it's kind of like if you took the style of the american western and applied it to the Australian landscape. And the story, it it tells the forgotten tale. It's a fictitious story particularly, but based on uh, real kinds of people and events of Australia's forgotten cameleers, right? So we're talking about people who migrated from former Persia, Afghanistan, India, and so on, and essentially worked, they did backbreaking transportation labor for the Crown or the Commonwealth taking bars of gold across Australia's deserts. And it follows the story of this young Afghan man who becomes embroiled with essentially this really bad criminal type, this this Australian white guy who has robbed the Crown of then £3,000 worth of gold. It is a really, really great story. Uh, you have this feeling of an American Western, but instead of like cowboys and indians or cowboys and native americans and stuff it's it's got uh, absolute real uh, different aboriginal peoples from the land speaking their own language with english subtitles on the screen you've got people of the actual muslim and sikh backgrounds playing these roles you've got the like the earpiece ear piercing sound of cicadas in the background as they're crossing these never ending desert plains it's really visually beautiful to look at and a great example of australian movies done well which you know, I mean, I think Australians do make good films, but we never have the output or the attention of a lot of the stuff that comes from the US. So if you're looking for something different to watch, I'd highly recommend watching The Furnace. And I would give it five stars.
1: It sounds like it has a lot more depth than that oh, um, dark sky piece of crap that Andrew was talking about before.
2: The Midnight Sky.
1: Oh, sorry, George. And look,
0: just just to just to clarify I mean, I might have overrated it for you. It is a relatively simple story. I come at it probably with some Australian bias, but I think visually it's very good and it doesn't overdo the music. It, it just feels interesting and it's refreshing not to know most of the cast on the screen. Australians will recognise two or three people in it. Really fresh, really interesting. So that's my contribution.
1: Question. You often have movies like this to recommend and you say it's... Also... Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no that was not that was not a, a ding against you it was more of a, a a pondering from myself of these australian films do they go outside australia i guess what i'm trying to say is there a, if i wanted to actually watch this as, as somebody from outside australia is that a reasonable ask or is this like no now you got to get a netflix account in australia to be able to view it you know, with a VPN and all that?
0: That's a very, very good question. Uh, For this particular example, I couldn't tell you exactly here's where you can go and watch it right now. Um, An example like this had one or two relatively big Australian names in it, uh, and I think there was some international recognition or, or it was recognized at film festivals. So this is probably a more accessible one. But the reason that I often bring up things like this or think about it is, and, you know, Andrew, I'm sure, can appreciate it, Australian cinema is often overlooked by Australian people. We receive so much stuff from overseas. Like Everyone will rush to go and see the latest Avengers movie, but then something like this, which was made often with the assistance of like government funding, like we're talking Screen Australia and and taxpayer money to try to keep the industry alive, people go, meh, whatever. So yeah, quite often you'll end up seeing very limited domestic releases because they simply couldn't afford to put it overseas. Unless you have someone like a Nicole Kidman or a Hugh Jackman in it, who Americans or Brits will look at and go, oh, we know him or her from dot, dot, dot. It just won't get any attention. So this one I think would be easy to find.
1: At that point, it's just thought of as a Hollywood film probably because they're in it. So it kind of just gets abstracted away anyway. So it's not even really an Australian film at that point if it's got, you know, Hugh Jackman or whatever.
0: That's right. And so I don't approach, I mean, whenever I think of these things and... I don't know if you relate to this, Andrew, it's not really a nationalist thing. I, I don't go, oh, I'm going to watch this movie because it's Australian and I like it more. It's kind of, you You hear these different voices or see independent things that you wouldn't see anywhere else. So quite often you end up with a more interesting story. And, and, that, and that can be the case for foreign language films too. Yeah. Not that American cinema isn't interesting. There's just so much more of it.
1: Is there a Hollywood equivalent kind of thing in Australia? Like is is Sydney where kind of film is, or is it just no. happens all over?
0: There are things like Fox Studios in Sydney or certain hubs maybe where things would be made, but Australia has nothing like an equivalent of, of Hollywood. Is that right, Andrew? You, yeah. You I,
2: think so. I think so. I mean, there's there's not the people are skills are scattered all around Australia, but there's no there's no hub. And really I think getting back to the point Martin was making is that around the funding model, it's so often these films have to rely on government capital to to have them made. There isn't that venture capital Hollywood machinery to fund this stuff. So it relies on government money. and then I think I', I don't, I'm not a movie expert, but I think part of the mandate of using that government money is that something there is a sort of an element of Australian, Interests need to be portrayed. So you end up with more um, character-driven, you know, location-driven sort of films where it's showing what Australia is or you know, telling stories of Australia for Australians probably is, is part of the requirements of using that money.
0: Which may actually, funnily enough and very sadly, I think, be one of the reasons that people are deterred from watching it because sometimes people just want to go and watch the latest action flick or something they don't necessarily want to go and see something very cerebral Mm. or culturally diverse or accurate uh so maybe maybe that uh very fortunate thing of trying to get interesting stories into it is what makes people go "Eh, can't be bothered that's a theory
1: well we'll try to find some kind of link for it and put it in the show notes not a problem thank you jason
2: i've looked at um letterboxd i've mentioned a couple of times it's sort of the place where i go to log the movies i watched just as a point of reference it has given the Midnight Sky two point five stars on average. Yeah, you weren't far off. And it's given the furnace three point two.
0: Oh.
2: Okay. So, so M- Martin's maybe either Maybe I'm too enthusiastic. Super enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> or it's Americans reviewing this thing and they don't understand it.
1: Plus Midnight Sky got the Clooney bump and the Canyon bump. Yes. Yeah. So
2: good picks. I've put it on my watch list, the furnace. And, that, and I'm going to look at the YouTube one as well. Well, yeah, I just, I'll just i quickly touch on Fitness Plus because it won't take a second. Um, I have been using a two big giant thumbs up from me. I've been working at the gym for six months. So now, you know, flex. Oh, yeah. So And I'm doing lots of strength stuff. So I've, I've sort of found that I've just been doing the beginner's stuff on Apple Fitness. So the strength stuff has been fine, but I've really enjoyed the art. Uh, hit go Kim, which absolutely killed me i did like a 10 minute high intensity interval training session and oh my god i was like ready to cark out after about eight minutes yeah yeah really fun but the way that they position it the way they film it they have like the main person and then the two people either doing an easier one or a harder one behind them so you can kind of pick your level is really cool seeing your data on the screen is excellent the way it synchronizes but like i've watched it on the ipad and the apple tv and it all just works beautifully like i will i've got three months free because i bought a new watch and then after that i'll be buying apple one premium give you everything anyway but if i wasn't i would be subscribing to apple fitness because it's excellent it's got me moving and nothing else has done that so well done, Apple.
0: Well that's very encouraging because I haven't tried it yet and I have been enjoying the frequent reminders on my watch every time you have done one of these workouts. <laughs> so thanks for rubbing it in.
1: <laughs> Close those rings. <laughs> that's right. I'll jump into you real quick with that on the on the fitness plus. I think it's I think it's really well done. The instructors are not annoying that they're not like it's not like some boot camp thing where they're like screaming at you or whatever. If anything, they're maybe a little too nice. But I get it. it. It's hard to get into exercise. Like it's it's the easiest thing to say, nope, not doing this ever again, and just never go back. So, I think it's it's been really good. I've done it a few times now. I've put it into kind of a a weekly routine for myself, where I do I do I, I'm doing Fitness Plus at least once a week or twice a week. I'm doing now the Ring Fit for the Switch which I kind of thought was stupid and kind of gimmicky and was going to be really dumb. It's actually really awesome and it's kicking my ass. So I I think that, they, again, another really smart implementation of a fitness thing disguised as a game where you actually want to go play the game, which is fitness. Like Beat Saber is another one if anyone's looking for, for fitness things and you have a VR setup. For me personally, I, I found that having multiple options for exercise throughout the week has been the biggest thing for me i don't know sorry i just turned this into like fitness corner if i only could do fitness plus every week i think it would die off for me because it would just be too much repetitive of the same thing but i've found that if i have like two or three different kinds of things where maybe i don't want to do fitness plus today like i want to go do a game instead then i can do that fitness plus big big thumbs up for me the integration is awesome the way that it has the your watch stuff right up on the screen and you have that uh, burn bar, I think they call it, or whatever. Where it, I'm not, I'm not totally clear on who that's comparing me to. Yeah, and and do you want to be at the front or the back? You want to be at the front because it's effectively the bar is a race, and whoever's at the front is is winning.
2: I was winning the other day, but I figured that's because I'm super unfit, so I was having to work really
1: hard. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I don't know if it's comparing you to like just people that you are like Apple Watch friends with, which that doesn't seem likely since it's pretty rare people are friends with a lot of people on that. I think it's got to just be kind of an aggregate of everybody doing it at all different fitness levels. And it's saying like, based on what you've done, you're like, you know, a seven. So we're going to kind of group you with people that are a seven. I I don't know if that's true or not, but I have to imagine that's probably the way it works.
0: So really it's trying to instill a competitive element because some people will thrive off that. Okay. That makes sense. So for both of you, it's fair to say that exercise is not a new year's resolution for 2021 because you both already started it.
1: Agreed. Yeah. I, I don't really do resolutions in like a strict sense of like, I'm going to lose 15 pounds by March or whatever, because I know I'm going to fail at it. And for one reason or another, I mean, this year was a great example of resolutions or whatever you want to call them, not really working out. I did one in the previous year where I wanted to run a certain amount of miles by the end of the year but I find just broader, you know, I need to be more fitness minded going forward is better for me personally. So like I've said, you know, I'm going to do at least once a week, I want to make sure I do each of these activities rather than I need to, you know, shred and be able to lift 400 pounds by the time it's June or whatever. That's just never going to work for me personally.
0: How about you, Andrew? Any resolutions? Is that a thing for you?
2: No, I don't do resolutions. The last couple of years, I've actually followed the um, you know, the Cortex podcast and they talk about themes. Mm-hmm. I've adopted that that methodology and I've found it to be really good. Um, so I'm going to do that again for this year. I'm still working on them at the moment, what it might be. But what I've got as one of my – so for my themes last year was all around – Um, it it was actually the year of self-care was last year, which worked out well because – you know, with COVID and everything, self-care became very important, both mental and physical. Um, so that that worked really well. And that's probably one of the reasons why I've been doing gymming and trying to eat better and all that over the more recent times. Um, and my year, my work-related theme last year was um, agency. So, you know, sort of choosing, choosing when to say no and applying more structure to my own days and just being more aware of what I was doing and what I wasn't doing. Um, this year so far, I've come up with a couple, but I think it's probably going to fall under the the theme of a life examined. And this gets into sort of the time tracking sort of stuff as well, which I've never done before in any real meaningful way. But I thought maybe it would be wise to sort of understand how I'm spending my days and seeing if there's, I can do things better. Am I wasting a lot of time doing something stupid? Have I got enough stupid stuff in my life? Um, cause that's important too. Um, so yeah, I thought, yeah, and then fitness can go into that cause you can start to track and see how, how much better I'm getting with my fitness and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, a life examined was going to be my theme as it's a work in progress at the moment. It's probably a chunky topic, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of the direction I'm going in, but I need to figure out time tracking.
0: Yeah. Cause I think Jason time tracks, I mean, you both know my thought on various levels of quantified lives. So I don't want to speak too much about that because I might just end up unfairly on it. Um, But I mean, Jason, you're a time tracker. Do, do, Do you find it useful? Because what I will say very briefly is that I had to do time tracking in a previous job. So yes, there is that element that it was thrust upon me, but I personally found that I was, whatever time I was saving or understanding by time tracking, I felt like I was sacrificing precious seconds of my life in tracking said time and then went, what can I do with this? So I certainly don't judge people who want to track their time, but like, what do you find useful about it? I mean, cause Andrew's thinking of it. I'm not, but what's the benefit?
1: I would break it up into two different categories really. And that's kind of work and personal. So the way that I would track time from a business standpoint versus how I would track my time personally are very different. So from a work standpoint, and it's work stuff, so it's not entertaining at all, but I'll just say I have a hardware and I have a software team and having them track their time, I'm not looking to know down to the minute how much you're getting done every week. I'm, I really don't care. The, the things that I was more looking for was how many hours in a given week are you in meetings versus how many P1, P2, P3 bugs are we getting solved? Right. And when it comes down to performance time, having data to be able to say, you know, the majority of my engineers are in meetings for 23 hours a week. Being able to have those hardcore numbers to say, you know, half of a person's given week, they're in doing things that they probably shouldn't be doing, that other people should be doing. Personally, for time tracking, it's more about somewhat to what Andrew said, where you got to have dumb stuff too in your life. Like it can't just all be productivity, get stuff done. I have to be doing chores all the time. It's like, have I done anything fun this week? Or for me personally, one is like, have I had any, this is a bad year example as with everything, but social kind of time, like how much time this past month did I go make a conscious effort to go be with people and hang out with people? Cause for me personally, I could easily just never go anywhere and not really know the difference. So to be able to kind of understand like, wow, I really only like went out, met up with people for like four hours last month. Maybe I should like work on that. That's kind of a problem. Or, you know, like we kind of touched on like woodworking earlier where does anyone care how long it took me to make this? No, but I kind of do for my own sake to know that when I made this thing, it took me, you know, 86 hours. And then when I made this next thing, it was like 63 hours. So it's very clear to me that I'm Learning and understanding better ways and more efficient ways to get things done. Not that efficiency is the goal, but it's just kind of an interesting thing to know.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah, you got to avoid the big brothers watching you mentality in a work context. You don't want that. You want it to be like, hey, this is helpful for our own selfish purposes, not because, you know, how many billable hours have you done this
0: month? Yeah, and billable hours, that's a good point because this kind of time tracking approach does suit different kinds of jobs. So if you're doing consulting or you're charging by the hour or maybe doing something like searching for bugs or whatever, you know, both of you have mentioned, I had to do it in a previous life where if the phone rang, the task had to be changed within the time tracking app and I was doing something like video editing or something in Photoshop. So the kind of work that I was doing was not really relevant being tracked by time. Maybe both of you could argue, I don't know, but then it had to be changed to measure something that also wasn't relevant. So I really had, uh, that really turned me off it. And I still think it wouldn't really be my thing. Um, I am interested in knowing how I spend my time. I just don't think I want to use an app for it, but both of what you're saying, I can totally appreciate if, if you can really have productivity gains or become more efficient, or even just know that you're allocating time for social events. I totally appreciate that.
1: And what what are you using to track that time? I've been using one this year called Hours, which is on kind of all the normal devices. It's pretty good. I'm a little concerned that it's not really being developed too much anymore. It seems a little bit like that's done. We're going to either we don't we aren't a thing anymore or we don't care about that anymore. So now I've been using something called Timular, which is a weird word. It's a software thing, but it also has like this little hardware, looks like a, I don't know how many sides it has, eight sides, 10 sides, some some number of sides, dice looking thing where you can tie each side to different tasks that you track regularly. And this is a little bit too far into like what Martin was talking about, where it's like, I'm on a phone call. Now I'm emailing. Now I'm making a document. Now I'm doing this. Now I'm doing that. Oh God, I forgot to flip my cube. But it's kind of, it's kind of an interesting little thing where you could just be like, oh, I'm going to jump on a podcast. So I'm going to you know, turn it to the podcast one and then turn it off afterward. So far, it's been pretty good. I've only been using it for a couple of weeks now, but as with most apps, there is no perfect app.
2: And I bet that's one of these things you can't get in Australia. Don't you hate it when you... I always get excited about these little hardware solutions and they're like, shipping. We ship to the continental United States. I screw you guys.
1: Oh, I hope not. But that that could be. The software is free though, which is kind of concerning because there's no way to really pay for if you just want to use the software, which is probably what I would end up doing. So that's like, uh, if you're only relying on these hardware things for revenue, like that seems questionable. Wait, do you hear that? Unannounced trivia corner.
0: I was wondering if this would come up.
2: (laughs) I thought you were talking about the crow that just arced outside my window.
1: I specific You don't know what trouble I went through to have a crow fly over your house all the way over there <laughs> at the exact time that unannounced Trivia Corner was happening. I was talking
2: to Hannah about this yesterday. I was saying to her, isn't it funny how all the Australian birds are just so angry sounding? You go to the Euro- Europe or America, you know, in our many travels that we do all the time, and the birds are all like, tweet, 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 tweet. And you get to an Australian bird and it's like,
0: ah." Yeah, if if Twitter had been invented in Australia it would have been called Shriek or Banshee <laughs> or something.
1: Question number 1. Actually they're all I think they're all Apple related this week. Uh, uh, apologies for oh, anyone who doesn't care about that. But okay, question number 1. How many pixels per inch was the original iPhone? 150, 163, 174 or 186?
0: I'm going to go for... I'm locked in. That's all I'm saying. I'm not going to... Yeah. Apple has a love of strange numbers. And I do recall odd numbers in the past. I'm going to go for B163. That was
2: going to be my answer also.
1: Okay. Question number two. The eyesight camera. So the tube one. You remember the tube one. The one with the firewire. The resolution of that camera was Mm -hmm. 640 by 480. Yep. 1280 by 720,
0: 1920 by
2: 1080, <laughs> or 320 by 480? You want to go first, Andrew? Or? Yeah, I do. I will. I don't like... I'm going to say the 320 by 480. I think I'm wrong.
0: I was going to say the same. Sorry, that's boring. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so anemic for like, the beauty of that device. It, even if it's, it deserves more, it should be... Should be-
1: 4K. This should be like an 8K camera. I feel like there has to be a way to upgrade it. There's, it's, it's cruel that it should not be some crazy resolution.
0: Well, no, there was. I can't remember who did it, but someone did a video upgrading yeah. it. They pulled all the guts out. And... They put
1: like a Raspberry Pi in it or something <laughs> crazy like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I have an EyeSight camera like yours there, but I haven't been bothered to try to get everything connected to make it work. But I do recall hearing that even though the resolution isn't up to today's standard, the depth that you can get out of it or just something about the physics of the way it's constructed is actually much nicer than most things you would buy today anyway so it's kind of cruel
1: yeah like the resolution doesn't really matter the, the optics are really it's yeah. not like a little optics, piece of the crap piece of plastic mm. in the front is
0: it carl zeiss lens
2: or
1: something question number three the final question of the day the first apple scanner was released in what year 1990 1987 1988,
0: or 1993? I'm going to go for... Uh, oh, no, wait. Now I'm doubting myself. I'll go for... I was going to say 88, but I'm going to switch to 90.
2: I'm going to say 87, and it's a complete stab in the dark.
0: Okay. Well, at least one of us uh, will maybe be victorious <laughs> in this one.
2: <laughs> oh, I think, actually, last week, the v- I think I was right on the VGA cables. You probably were.
1: <laughs> we'll, we'll never know.
2: I want
0: I want points. Well, I hope we will at some stage. Thank
1: you for playing unannounced trivia corner.
0: <laughs> Does that mean unannounced results in the end as well? Because that's really cruel if that's the guys. No clue.
1: <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see what 2021 brings.
0: Well, hopefully more unannounced trivia corners, yeah. but I know you can't share that.
2: And we'll have to start asking you some questions, Jason. You're getting off
1: scot-free. <laughs> That's the best part about starting unannounced trivia corners. I don't have to play.